0: What's going on Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. How was your guys weekend by the way? You could be anywhere in the world but you're here with me. I'm the host Hayes of this lovely and beautiful program on today's episode. We're talking about the second summer league game for the Chicago Bulls. An update on the two-way contracts that the Chicago Bulls will carry going into next season. We'll also talk about Sam Smith. An Alonzo Ball update, we've all been waiting to hear. And lastly, we'll be talking about John Morant saying he would cook MJ? MJ? We'll get into all that and more on today's Chicago Bulls Center. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So hopping right in. So this is why Summer League, Always should be taken with a grain of salt, right? And I know that for for some fans that don't necessarily always watch Summer League, um, or some fans who are just excited about basketball, excited about picks, excited about Marco Simonovic, Dalen Terry, Justin Lewis, things like that, that, you know, it it can be overrated some. And while Summer League is there for kind of an evaluation of talent, it's not necessarily a one-for-one on how players are going to perform in the NBA now after the first summer league game there are a lot of people after I did the video that were saying that hey Marco is the next one up now the Bulls get blown out in that's in the second summer league game against the New York Knicks team we're just going to go over some of these stats which were horrendous for most of Bulls players the ones of, of importance right and so the ones that I look at specifically are Marco, Justin Lewis, Malcolm Hill and Daylon Terry. Now, that's because they're all going to be on this team or have contracts in one shape, form, or another, which we'll talk about in the second segment. But Let's just go over the stat lines for them. Marco Simonovic, zero for five shooting, only one point, seven rebounds, two assists. Now, that is a large, large from his 20, over 20 points and, 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 double-digit rebounds in the first Summer League game. But still, even in this game, some of the things that we were looking for from Marco Simonovic, just how, how he handles contact, how that size, things like that, he had a terrible shooting night, as did most of this team. That's why they got blown out and they were down by 30 points throughout most of this game. But with that being said, you know, that's Marco's stat line. Justin Lewis in this game was 3-for-6 shooting, 7 points, 3 rebounds, 1 assist, and 1 steal. Not the worst, especially when it comes to the Summer League game, but again, not the best either malcolm hill who had a, a big game in summer league game one as well kind of solidifying him getting him that last two-way contract which we'll talk about two for ten five points two rebounds that's it and then Dalen terrier 18th overall pick three for seven 13 points six for eight free throws one rebound uh three assists and seven turnovers in this game he also had a flagrant foul call and I loved what he said afterwards that he was trying to stop them from scoring. But with that being said, uh, you know, the things that you're getting from this game aren't necessarily how their how their skills are going to translate one for one in the NBA. So anyone calling Daylon Terry a bust is just sensationalizing or they're just an idiot. Um. So let's not get to get to doing that. But the one thing with Daylon Terry, and this is what I did say even before the first summer league game, is that it's not necessarily about scoring numbers. Right. Even though he did score in double digits, 13 points. Uh, not a good percentage at three for uh, three for seven. Not terrible either, though. Um, but with that being said, Dalen Terry's if he does get into the rotation and crack that rotation for the Chicago Bulls this season and gets eight, 10 minutes uh, per game. It's going to be because of his ability to run the floor It's going to be because of defense is going to be is that because of the athleticism, things like that. So, you know, just looking at it. Yeah, it wasn't the best game. Right. It, it, and, and the players that we want to see things from didn't really show us very much at all. But the thing is, like with Justin Lewis, for example, you still see Justin Lewis's decision-making, which, yeah, his shot was three for six, 50%, it's not terrible, right? But his decision-making on the both the offense and defensive side of the ball, the way that he moves without the ball, um, the way that he's in position, the correct position usually defensively, gives some things to work on and see. Now, again, better talent, much better talent in the NBA. Justin Lewis is on a two-way deal, so we'll see how much we see of him for the season. The two players that we know for sure, at least think, because you know we hope that Marco's not going to get another G League assignment. It's going to be Dalen Terry and Marco Samanovich. Already talked about Dalen. Already talked about Marco some as well. I still think that both these guys are doing enough to 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 be more so on the main roster this season. We'll see if Dalen Terry gets a a G League stint or not. But I really do think that Dalen Terry is going to show enough, especially defensively, that he may go ahead and crack that rotation early, considering that the Bulls may need some help on the wing. And I think Dalen Terry's versatility too. Maybe something that gets him some minutes early. The fact that he can he, he can play between the one and the three, right? And we'll see what that ends up shaping up for him over the course of his career as he settles into a position. But one of the things I've always compared Dalen Terry to is that he's going to be like a young, first couple of years in the league, Wesley Matthews. where Wesley Matthews played everything from point guard to the three. And that was before the ability. That was before positionless basketball became a really big thing. So I do think that Dalen Terry... If he shows, puts on a little bit of weight and things like that, can play between one and three. So we'll see if he cracks that rotation. But, you know, with that being said, you know, one of the things that we've talked about early in the summer league is that who was going to get that last deal. And we actually put up a poll on that that I'm actually going to read and get into before we uh, before we even uh, get into the news. One of the polls that I that I dropped last week um, in on, one of my last videos last week was who's going to be cut out of that. The players with the – and I didn't even think about a camp deal. But there, there were – you could only have – uh two uh two two-way player contracts um on your on 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 the roster per season and at that point in time the Bulls had three two-way contracts they extended a two-way contract offer to uh Malcolm Hill a qualifying offer and then they also signed Javon Freeman Liberty and Justin Lewis to two-way deals at that time so I asked which player would be cut before the start of the season Malcolm Hill won that with 53% of the vote Javon Freeman Liberty the next one up with forty percent of the vote, and then Justin Lewis had seven percent of that vote, and we know we now know what's going to happen with that, right? Javon Freeman Liberty has been converted to a camp deal, meaning that he's probably going to end up on on the on the on the G League team. Uh, they're bringing him in during training camp, but he's probably going to end up on that G League team, which leaves Malcolm Hill and Justin Lewis to be the Bulls' two-way players. Now, that's interesting in a couple of different ways. Both these players have some size, right? Both of them uh, can come in and play at a position of need for the Chicago Bulls where they probably don't have as much depth as the guard position, so that kind of makes sense there. Malcolm Hill balled out in that first summer league game, not as much in the second summer league game, and Javon Freeman-Liberty showed some things, but because the Bulls are so deep at that point guard position, it kind of makes sense that you know, the Bulls have moved on and well, not moved on completely because they didn't cut him. So technically everybody in that poll was, was right and wrong, but you know, Javon Freeman Liberty Camp, deal. He's probably going to be in that G League team. He's probably going to replace Devin Dotson, who's no longer going to be on the Chicago Bulls G League team. So be on the lookout for that. I'll still be watching the Bulls G League games. I didn't do much coverage on the G League games last season, just because it was my first year having this channel. I kind of was focused in on a rhythm. Um, so maybe I'll do a little bit more coverage, on the G League. If you guys do want it, uh, let me know. I may, may cover that more so on the membership tab, which we do have memberships now on that. But if you guys are interested in any G League coverage, not daily or anything, but maybe do it once a week. Maybe Sundays catch up on all the goings on in G League, something like that, because we don't typically release episodes Sundays. Let me know what you guys think about that down below. But let's get into the news. One of the major pieces of news that kind of came up and slipped under the radar with this, and you know, it's not so, solid news, right? There's a lot of speculative things in it, but it does—it is the most positive update we've had about Lonzo Ball in a while. So, via Sam Smith, this comes from Sam Smith, who asked the Chicago Bulls point guard um, it, about about what was going on with him, and this was the exact quote: uh, "He didn't want to do any interviews to detract from summer, from the summer league team, but he did smile and say he was doing well and moved away swiftly. That is when he was when he was asked if he was going to be ready by the start of the season." So. The most positive news that we've gotten so far, the fact that Lonzo is, you know, in the summer league, uh, down there in the summer league, the fact that he's moving around, things like that. We've gotten more and more. progressively seeming to get that way. I did speculate that when we signed Goran Dragic, was that a sign that maybe um, Lonzo Ball was not going to be ready by the start of the season? Like I said, nothing super. I don't want to, like, act like it's a it's a for sure thing at this point. So that's probably the best news, and the fact that it came from Lonzo himself, right? Not through his father, not through some 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 reporters speculating on things they said, not from a mysterious video posted to social media. This was Lonzo Ball reacting to being asked the direct question if he was going to be ready by the start of the season. The fact that he smiled and said he didn't want to detract from the Summer League team, that may tell us that coming up here shortly, we're going to get an announcement that Lonzo Ball is going to be ready to go by the start of training camp. Let me know what you guys think down below. Do you think, do you take this as positive news? Do you think Lonzo's going to be ready? And how does that change the outlook for you guys on the Chicago Bulls season? Like I've said before, I don't think we would have, wouldn't have suffered hugely if we didn't have Io DeSumo ended up being our starting point guard to start the season. But the Chicago Bulls team is a better team with Lonzo Ball on the team. And I do want to see Billy Donovan use the members of this roster a little bit better than what he did last year, unlock a little bit more of them with a more versatile uh, offensive scheme. But with that being said, this team was a much better team with Lonzo Ball on it. And I get Io's great. And Io should be a Chicago Bull for a very long time when he when we lock him into an extension next summer. But Lonzo Ball helps this team reach another level, especially defensively, especially in transition, especially with this three-point shooting. I, I want to see his decision making a little bit more as well. Lonzo ball takes this team to that next level period. He I, I love Io DeSumo. Io is not on on Lonzo Ball's level yet. We'll see if he gets there. But he's not on that level yet. He doesn't offer what Lonzo Ball offers, especially off the ball defense and on the ball defense, right? He's good at both. And the way that Lonzo Ball, how much better of a defender Zach Levine was when Lonzo out there with Lonzo's communication. Io just doesn't have that form of reference yet, and he hasn't been in the league long enough to really have that communication side of things down. Lonzo Ball brings that every single day. Every single day. So having Lonzo Ball ready to go by, start, by by the start of training camp, letting this full team get a full training camp together before heading into preseason is going to be so huge. It could be so huge for this team being able to hit on that stride that kind of started last season off with just hitting the, the ground running. We need Lonzo Ball to do that. Hopefully he's there healthy. And like I said, it's good to have a positive update and not something, it's still speculative, right? It's still reading between the lines, but it's good to have something coming from Lonzo directly in this case. But let's go ahead and get ready to go into our last topic for today's show. And that's in an interview with Taylor Rooks, John Morant was asked about MJ and he said that he would cook MJ. I love the confidence. I love John Morant overall. Like I have some issues with some of the things off the court with him, him referring to himself as black Jesus. Now some things like this. But one of the things with John Morant is just his, how his confidence, but he backs it up on the court. And I fully really do believe that he thinks he'll do that. But let's be clear here. Michael Jordan would completely school and toy with Ja Morant. All that confidence would be completely shot in the foot when it's all said and done after he plays against Michael Jordan, especially a prime Michael Jordan. But let's not even give him prime Michael Jordan. I'm giving first two years in the league, Michael Jordan would cook Ja Morant, not and especially not prime. you talking about prime MJ and Ja Morant. Come on. I love Ja, right? I love Ja. But Mike is taller more athletic in my opinion, a better defender, more intense, and he plays those mind games. I don't know if John Morant is quite built for the mind games MJ would play with him, right? I don't think so. MJ would probably let John Morant, and I said this over on Locked On Bulls as well, score probably the first two baskets of them playing one-on-one, just, to allow, just so he can let John Morant's confidence build up so he can crush it. That's the level of player that we're talking about. That's the type of player that we're talking about Michael Jordan being the competitiveness of Michael Jordan. And then he would go on to completely sweep everything after that point, right? John Moran would be able to say, I got two buckets against MJ, but MJ would absolutely destroy John Moran, right? Take him into the post, dance around him. Like we talked about, I talked about uh, uh, DeMar DeRozan dancing around on KD at one point. Like Michael Jordan would take John to the post, hit a couple of spin moves, some post uh, uh, pull up jump. Like it would be a massacre. But let me know what you guys think about that down below. What do you think? Who do you think would win in a one-on-one game against John ja Morant and Michael Jordan? Come on, Ja. Like, I love Ja. Don't get me wrong. But one of the interesting conversations that we got into over on Locked on Bulls that I do want to bring over here in and, 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 and talking about this topic, and I wanted, probably put it up as a poll, too. Um, but looking at the next wave of players that, that we have right now, right, is that who once LeBron, KD, start going away or declining? Who's the next face of the NBA? Now, the three players that I mentioned, I do think John Morant could be that. And when I say face of the NBA, I mean one of the clear biggest stars in the NBA, but also somebody who has the marketability, the, the personality that's marketable, that can help them get more, get, be kind of that that face of the league and advertising things like that. I think John Morant's there. I look at, even though it's very early into his career, I think Anthony Edwards absolutely has that potential. I'm super high on Anthony Edwards. Let me be clear here. Let me preface this. Everybody has their player that they just think is it, and Anthony Edwards is it to me. Like, it sucks that he's down in Minnesota, and we'll see what type of markability he has playing in a city like Minnesota because they would definitely have to be perennial championship contenders for that to really get there because of Minnesota. Like, we saw KG down in Minnesota, and he really wasn't marketed, and he was one of the best players in the NBA. But with that being said, Anthony Edwards, I look at him, and I say that that's a player that has the talent, the personality, Everything to be one day one of the faces of the league, I do think that that may have to come via either leaving Minnesota or them just being so good. Uh, Pat mentioned Luka Doncic, who I do think absolutely has that chance and that possibility as well. And then Zion Williamson came up. And the one thing that I found interesting about that is that looking at Zion's skill set and what he's able to do on the court when he's healthy, absolutely. But is he going to be able to stay healthy enough to get to that level? But, you know, those are kind of the four players that I look at there. Um, I know I'm probably missing somebody. Let me know down below, who do you think is a player that as this current guard of best players in the NBA kind of fade off, who do you think has the chance to be one of the biggest stars in the NBA and kind of be the face of that league? Somebody who not only plays on the court, gets to the playoffs, goes on long runs, but also has the personality that can be marketed, the personality that gets in commercial, the personality that gets a lot of brand deals. Let me know who you guys think is next up. And as a young superstar who can take that over in the next three to five years, and that may even be pushing it out too long. But let me know what you guys think about that one. How are you going to let me know that? Well, we're going to get into that as we end the show. Make sure you're following the show at Bull Central Pod um at there you can interact with me on twitter if you want to follow me personally it's at ceo haize CEO c-e-o-h-a-i-z-e but if you're on the podcast side and not the youtube side where i can easily see comments and you want to get in touch with me you can also send us an email at bull pod at gmail.com it's also down in the description box and then lastly if you want to leave a text and or voicemail to sound off on this topic or any other ones To be played on our Saturday Mailbag episodes, the number to do so is 773-270-2799. But that is it for me for today. Unless some news drops. You know, if news drops, I drop. But other than that, this has been Chicago Bulls Central. Thank you so much for being a part of the community and helping this grow. But like I like to end everything on, go Bulls. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Break Media.